this is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. Welcome everyone to the Becker's Healthcare podcast series. I'm Ryan Mohammed, writer and moderator with Becker's Healthcare, and I'm absolutely thrilled to have with me today Dr. Port, director of the Dubin of Breast Cancer and chief of breast surgery at Mount Sinai Health System. Doctor, it's so nice to talk with you today. How are you? I'm great. Thank you so much for having me. Of course. Well, to begin, would you mind please introducing yourself and then telling us a bit about your background? Sure. Um, my name is Elisa Port. I am the Chief of Breast Surgery at the Mount Sinai Health System in New York City. I'm also the Director of the Dubin Breast Center. And lastly, I'm the author of a book called The New Generation Breast Cancer Book, How to Navigate Your Diagnosis and Treatment and Remain Optimistic in the Age of Information Overload. Um, my background is as I trained in general surgery did two extra years of basic science research at Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center. I then joined the staff of Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in 1999 and was there until 2010, at which point I was recruited to Mount Sinai to build a breast program and to run the breast surgery service here. And that's where I've been since. Wonderful. Thank you so much for letting us know all that background. Um, well, since you have so much experience with all of that, the first question I wanted to ask you, doctor, is what are the biggest issues you're following in healthcare in 2023? Yeah, I, I think it's a really, really excellent question. And I think there's it's really multifactorial. You know, for sure, um, a lot of it is related to the financial aspects of healthcare, reimbursements, making sure that um, doctors are getting paid responsibly for the work that they're doing. The cost of healthcare is ballooning. Um, I worry a great deal about, um, about things related to defensive medicine and the idea that so many doctors order tests related to protecting themselves um, in case of a misdiagnosis, especially in the area of cancer. And I think these are things we're all going to have to come to terms with, you know, the costs of health care, and particularly in an aging population. Um, I also really, really um, am interested in um, the uh, media and health care and how getting information out there is both a blessing and a curse. Um, you know, we know that the Internet has made getting information faster than ever before, but there's also a lot of misinformation, and that can be disseminated just as easily. So uh, grappling with that and making sure patients are getting the right information for their own personal care as well as others is really critically important. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that insight. And also, is there anything you are excited about right now or anything that's making you nervous, Any, in anything you're doing with your career or that you see in the healthcare space, anything like that? Sure. 
Um, there's so many things to be excited about. One of the reasons I went into the field of breast cancer is because there's so much room for optimism in the sense that there are constantly new treatments being developed. Every single year we have new options for our patients um, to, to not only cure breast cancer, but also diagnose it earlier when it's infinitely more treatable and curable. Um, so the, these are the things that make me really, really excited um, that there's always another option on the horizon for our patients and that the uh, survival rates have never been better than ever before. I think what also makes me, you know, on the flip side, what makes me nervous is one of the things that makes me most nervous is something that really was exacerbated during COVID, which is a lot of mistrust in the medical community. Um, this goes along with the misinformation concept that I was speaking about before. And I'm seeing more patients than ever before now coming in who've not had a mammogram since pre-COVID or longer and who are missing the opportunities of early detection and, um, and improving their survival with less aggressive treatment. Um, and, and I really worry about that. We do have so many great options for, for early detection and diagnosis. And yet, you know, getting mammograms and coming in for screening and basic medical care is something that, that has fallen by the wayside in a large group of people as it, as it related to COVID temporarily, and some of that has extended beyond. And so getting people back on track um, for their health care um, is really something that I look forward to and really want to advocate for. You know, what people don't realize is, is that, um, you know, the, the cure of breast cancer rates have never been higher, but part of that is related to early detection. And the best mechanism for early dete detection, the best screening test for breast cancer is still the mammogram. Mammograms aren't perfect, but they do pick up 85 to 90% of breast cancers in the general population. And there's a lot of misconception about you know, risk of breast cancer. Most women who get breast cancer um, have no real family history or no antecedent risk factors. So people decide not to get mammograms because they say, wow, I'm not at risk. We're all at risk. 85 to 90% of women who get breast cancer have no family history, and they are their family history. So getting the information out there that you need to get a mammogram, perhaps even a sonogram if you have dense breasts, even perhaps an MRI if you're at high risk for breast cancer. And these screening tests give us the best, best chance that if someone is diagnosed with picking it up early. And I think the key is not only is early diagnosis associated with higher cure rates, early diagnosis is also associated with higher cure rates doing less aggressive treatment. And to me, that's super important because that can involve a lot of quality of life issues. You know, we, we tend to give less chemotherapy now than ever before, but um, the more aggressive and advanced the cancer is and the later it's diagnosed, the higher the chances are that we need to do more aggressive therapy to cure it. So I always tell people, put yourself in the best position not only to cure your cancer, 
but also to cure it with the least aggressive types of therapies. Totally understandable. Thank you so much for all that really good information. Um, and I will actually use some of that information. So thank you for that. Um, Terrific. Yeah. And doctor, before I let you go, the last thing I wanted to ask you is what will the most effective healthcare leaders need um, in order to be successful in the next two to three years or so? Yeah, I think that's, you know, a lot of factors, you know, it's just not enough to be a good caring doctor anymore in 2023. Um, you know, you have to be um, savvy in terms of what's coming down the pike. You have to be able to navigate the world of business and healthcare business. Um, you have to really um, be an incredibly good listener, um, and you have to really have your finger on the pulse of the newest and best treatment options. You know, I think that the care, for example, in breast cancer has gotten so specific and so many options that the only way to be really, really effective in the area of breast cancer is super specializing. So I think, you know, the, the days of doing breast cancer treatment as either a medical oncologist or surgical oncologist as part of a general practice is probably outdated because there is so much to know. You know, as we present all of these new treatment options and all of this new data, it's very hard to, to really know what's going on with that and be as current and updated as possible and also understand other tumor types as well. I certainly couldn't do it. So I, I think the most important thing is to be very focused on one area of interest and really uh, get to be as good as possible as you can in that area. Um, and while I know that in certain geographical areas, that's not always possible, I do think it is the recipe for, the, for, for achieving the highest level of success within a particular field. Absolutely. Thank you so much for all of that commentary and those final thoughts, doctor. This has been an amazing discussion, and I want to thank you again for coming on Becker's Healthcare. We really do appreciate it, and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you so much for having me and allowing me to share these thoughts, and um, I really appreciate the opportunity. Of course. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks. To help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way, Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.